good morning. Meritor Hospital in Madison is where I received most of my training as a hospital chaplain. And a regular part of that training was to make visits to the rooms of hospital patients. Most often, these visits were uninvited, where we would just introduce ourselves and attempt to engage the patient in some conversation. At some appropriate time, we would ask if the patient had some religious preference or affiliation. More often than not, we would hear, oh, I'm not religious, but I'm a very spiritual person. Well, if an attempt was made to try and explore what that meant to the patient, in nearly every situation, the patient would decline to talk about it. A few actually would become irritated just to be made to think about what being spiritual might actually mean to them. In every part of our nation, religious membership is on the decline. For the first time in eight decades, the results of a recent Gallup poll determined overall membership in houses of worship, be they churches or synagogues or mosques, has fallen below 50% of all U.S. households. Many former Christians just apparently no longer view Sunday morning as a time to gather together offering praise and thanksgiving to Almighty God. Sundays on, have become a time for golf or brunch with the neighbors and friends or children that have baseball or soccer games. Or maybe, just maybe, Sunday is just the only day to sleep in. If you or I were to decline that brunch or golf invitation in favor of attending our church, we might well get that look that implies, oh, so you're one of those. Sadly, if the truth is to be told in most any part of the country you might happen to travel, Christianity, it seems, is viewed as mostly, essentially, irrelevant. It has become, for many, just a cultural hangover from previous generations where ritual is now practiced by those in attendance without any real commitment. Yet, today, here we are, gathered together with sincere hearts and minds to worship and to pray. We choose to live our lives in accordance with God's word. While we may slip and fail occasionally, we recover, we repent, and loving God, we move forward. But, but is that enough? Is that all that God expects of us? Or is there maybe something more? In today's Gospel reading from Matthew, we are told Jesus had gathered his disciples together and then sent them out throughout the countryside to proclaim the good news. 
They traveled from town to town, witnessing and preaching, and they gave support to the sick, the hungry, and, and those who were crippled. Some are motivated to continue this sort of activity today. Many of us may have been visited by those door-to-door Jehovah Witness people. Others of us may have heard big city street corner preachers waving their Bibles and shouting for repentance. Could God expect something like that from us? Does he expect us to take our beliefs out into the neighborhoods? Well, as we know, evangelism is is hard for Episcopalians. It could be the image of the corrupt persons who identify themselves as evangelists on television while hawking their little bottles of holy water and, and those prayer hankies. So, so very much all of that offends our sensibilities. And therefore, we want nothing to do with evangelism. It may simply be that we reject the images of hell that some evangelists promote in order to frighten people into making donations in exchange for their presumed blessing of our relationship with Christ. It might just be that many of us find it difficult to speak to anyone about serious concerns in their lives. Or is it simply that we just feel that talking at length about our faith is is just kind of bad manners? A few among us may even have become Episcopalians just to avoid the expectation of evangelism. I have read during the so-called decade of evangelism back in the 1990s that the Episcopal plan for evangelism could be compared to building a really large and attractive aquarium next to the ocean and then just waiting for the fish to jump in. But the question remains, what are we called to do in the name of Christ? To go out onto the streets and risk public scorn or perhaps even worse? Well, no, at least not exactly. Jesus is asking us to go out and do the work that springs from a heart filled with compassion, with empathy, doing our best to experience another person's pain. Christ would have us offer support to those in need of help, and not just to those that we may consider worthy to receive it. That is because the helping hand that we offer is not our own. We are merely vessels for Christ's healing touch, his saving grace, and his words of hope. Our baptismal promise includes the promise that we will 
with God's help, proclaim by words and example the good news of God in Christ. How best then can we honor God and live out that promise? Well, let me just say that you may have already heard when it was said, proclaim the gospel, but use words when you must. Your actions can speak so much louder than words if you live in the love of Christ. And that, dear friends, must be the very best form of evangelism.